Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 and reading for our text, verse 6. Galatians 5 and verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And it is the last clause, especially upon my spirit, faith which worketh by love. I hope there are those of you here that are concerned to be found in Christ, in that great antitype of the ark. What a safety there was in Noah's ark for those within it. How different to those that were shut out. Those shut in were safe, borne up on the water and brought safely to the other side. Our Lord says that the end of the world shall be coming as quickly, as suddenly as what that flood came that took so many unawares. And yet we read that by faith Noah, he made an ark to the saving of his house. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that great anti-time those that are found in Christ. And so we read in our text, for in Jesus Christ is setting forth what it is to be in Christ. And maybe your question is, what is the right way of being found in him and is there some ways that are effectual those that are ways that will result in salvation and others that will not because in our text the apostle is setting forth before these Galatians those who had been taught, taught the truth first, but then others came and said that the faith that they had, that faith in Christ needed to be added to, they needed to be circumcised, keep the law, otherwise they could not be saved. But the apostle, he writes to them, and he doesn't even say, well, circumcision that may Help somewhat, he just dismisses both. He says in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. He completely dismisses completely the doctrine, the teaching in the law of circumcision. And then he says, but faith which worketh by love. That that avails, that is effectual, that is the thing that 
is counted or does count towards salvation. And it is vital that we be not pursuing, even while we are wanting salvation, pursuing things that will never result in it. Paul, when he wrote to the Romans, he testified how he desired the salvation of his own countrymen. He longed for it. And I hope it is the case with every pastor and every minister. They long for the salvation of their hearers. I long for it. I pray for those who sit under my ministry. I pray that the Lord will bless it to them and save, uh, save them through the word preached. It is a work maybe the congregation doesn't realise, a work not in the pulpit, but in the closet before and after the services and in the week too, watering that which is sown with prayer. But Paul, he said he viewed those of his countrymen and they had a zeal for God, but it was not according to knowledge. They were going about to establish their own righteousness and had not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. What a grief, what a sorrow to the Apostle and really to every minister of the Gospel to see those of his hearers that may be very diligent, may be very zealous, may be doing many things that indicate that they know the worth of their souls and want to be saved, but they're aiming and looking at a completely wrong direction and wrong way. And this is what the Apostle saw with the Galatians here. And he's saying the way that you are going with this teaching and trying to fulfil the law, adding really the law unto grace as if grace and if the faith in Christ is not enough, that there must be something else added to it. He's saying this was not going to avail anything. won't help you at all. You now when I was uh, studying in, in engineering, there were several times in... Uh, the, the, the lessons where the instructors would say, look, don't, don't bother learning about this, don't go down that track. It, it won't count anything towards your end of year marks. It won't help you at all towards your exams at the end of the year. However much you might apply yourself to it, it doesn't relate to this at all. And I've often thought of this with the Word of God. There's many things that... You might say, I wish the word of God told us about this or that. And it's silent. It doesn't tell us. Sometimes there's many years. We're reading through uh, Judges and you get a period in Judges there. You read of 80 years they had rest. And then another 40 years they had rest. And the scripture's silent. You think 120 years of the history of Israel and nothing is said. Didn't anything happen in that time? No doubt it did. But it's not necessary for salvation, not necessary to be included in the Holy Word of God. And in a way, what the Lord is saying, you don't need to know about this. John, in his Gospel, he said, these are written. He said, many other things could be written that our Lord did, but these are written that you might believe 
that Jesus is the Son of God and that in believing you might have life through his name. And so the Lord has kindly, in one way, shepherded us who believe in the inspired, infallible word of God and stick close to that rather than traditional men's teaching that it shepherds us away from things that are empty and vain and will not result in salvation. But nevertheless, there is a need, like the apostles saw with these Galatians, of teaching what clearly will avail, what will and does count. For in in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything or counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Not any faith, but faith which worketh by love. So I want to look with the Lord's help this evening. Three points. Firstly, the faith of Christ. That is its origin. Faith's origin. And then secondly, faith in Christ. That is the object of faith. And then thirdly, faith which worketh by love the fruit of faith. Of the faith that is spoken of here that avails. So firstly, the faith of Christ, the origin of faith. We read in Hebrews and chapter 12 that our Lord Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. All men do not have faith, but faith is given, and it is given at the same time as the new birth. Many things Many uh, descriptive ways are used to describe the same thing. Uh, Conversion, regeneration, the new birth, passing from death unto life. It is all that vital change. I pass by thee when thou wast in thy blood, and when thou wast in thy blood I bid thee live. That time, and that time he which hath begun a good work in you, he shall perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Is that beginning, that calling, no man cometh unto me except the Father which sent me, draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Is that drawing, that beginning, that call, that at that time faith is given. Faith which is described in, 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 in one way, and of course we have it, in our text, but uh, faith that is, is described in Paul writes to the Hebrews and in chapter 11, and you might say there is the fruits of faith right through that chapter, but it is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. And without faith it is impossible to please him He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is trust. It is trusting, trusting in the word, trusting in God, trusting in his salvation. Uh, 
resting not in our own works but in God's. And so the source of that is in God. The first great distinguishing mark of true and saving faith is that it is God that sovereignly gives it. He gives it at the time of conversion. Now we have in Galatians here, if we were to go back to chapter 2 and verse 16, we read there, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, that is, counted without guilt or not guilty, not under condemnation, is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. We may have said it before, versions like the ESV, they, inter- they translate this is but by faith in Jesus Christ in this passage. And those that defend that translation, that rendering of it, will say that if you believe in faith being sovereignly given, then the AV is correct. If you believe in duty faith, or that is faith in Christ, that we exercise ourselves, then the ESV is right. And you see, even in a translation, it can change the doctrine But Paul in this chapter, and we'll see it in these two points, the first two points we have, he does speak of faith in Christ as well. It's not that that is excluded. That is very important, vital. But what is so vital is the source of that faith. So we have in verse 16, chapter 2, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. For he is the source of it. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And then if we go on to verse 20, the same chapter, he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And really in that verse, he's not only saying that His faith came from God, but that God loved him first and God gave himself for him first. This is God's work. I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And it is the Lord's work I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And it is the Love of God that brought our Saviour to suffer, bleed and die. And he gives then to his people, he gives them faith to believe and trust in what he has done. He is the 
source of it, the giver of it. Every blessing comes to us through Jesus' precious blood. And so then if we go to the third chapter, Galatians 3 and verse 22, the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. And he says the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Paul in that Romans chapter 10, he describes that that faith of Jesus Christ is the word that we preach, that is in our hearts, that with the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So whatever faith we have, we must know of this, that the origin is from God. If we have a faith of our own, you and I will have to keep it alive ourselves. We have to keep on propping it up. But the faith that God gives, that will support us. And I say this, there are different degrees of faith, a little, little faith, great faith, is faith that is known in different degrees and ways, is faith that completely blots out all doubt. Dear brother in the faith, years ago in New Zealand, and I asked him, he's a minister there, and I asked him about assurance, and he turned on his heel, he said to me, assurance, you have assurance, don't look for it ten minutes later. And what he was meaning is that assurance of which we have no doubt, a real persuasion that when we die we shall go to heaven. And there are degrees of love, aren't there? You know, we can say that we uh, love a brother or love a parent or, or love uh, a wife, but there are different degrees of that feelings of that love. And even where we uh, may love a wife or love a husband, there are times that that will really well up and you'll feel it much, much stronger than at other times. It's not that you don't love them those other times. As you go about your daily lives, and that you do, you do. But some things will make you feel that love to them even more. Uh, and so it is with the things of God. So it is with with faith as well. But remember with Peter, when Peter, almost as thinking he was going to trust in himself, though all men forsake thee, yet not will I, and the Lord told him about how that Satan had desired to have him and to sift him as wheat. But he said, I prayed for thee. Not that you won't fall, not that you, you what you said is true, all men will forsake, but you won't. 
I pray that that will come to pass like that. No, he didn't. He said, I pray that thy faith fail not. The faith that the Lord had given him, he maintains that, he keeps that, that is safe in heaven above, that cannot be lost. The Lord has given it and he'll maintain it for his people. And I've used this illustration before, but the times I've been in the Bethesda homes or pilgrim homes and one of the dear residents has had a walking frame. And you see them walking down the corridor and they're holding the frame. They're lifting the frame up, walking with it. And you think, you'd be much better off without it at all. You see another one and they'll be pushing the frame along, leaning upon it with all of their weight. That frame is supporting them completely. They need it. They're relying on it. That's what faith is. Faith is to be lent on, relied on, is given by God. But when it is our own, we've got to carry it. It's a burden to us. It's vital that what faith we have is given from above and maintained from above. And sometimes it will be evidence that it is from above by the very type of thing that Peter experienced. Peter's fall... And restoration. Those changes, like we had a sapling of a tree growing upwards, the wind blew it off to the side, right over, as soon as the wind is taken away, back it comes up again. And that faith that God gives to his children, you will maintain that even though there may be those times that it's greatly tried, greatly buffeted and greatly tested, but it will always return to the giver of it. That soul that has this faith will say, it's not in me. It's not in me. I cannot maintain it. I didn't give it to myself. The Lord gave it to me. And I cannot maintain it. And I seek of the Lord that he would keep me. And the Lord that we would strengthen that faith through the word of God. That faith might grow stronger. And that it might centre in Christ. And that is the next point I desire to bring before you. And that is this faith. A faith which worketh by love, the saving faith of God's children, is a faith in Christ. Its object is Christ. Men may speak of many things that they're going after and seeking after, but the true faith of God's elect will always have one object, one desire, one expectation, of life through Christ, in what he has accomplished and done at Calvary. Trusting in his death, the payment that he paid, the work he did on our behalf, trusting alone in Christ's finished work, and not as these Galatians were trying to do, trust in something else, and lean in something else as well. We have again in 
Galatians here, this pointing to faith in Christ Jesus. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And the object of faith is in Christ. When Paul writes to the Colossians, he says to them in chapter 3, sorry, chapter 1, since we heard, in verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have to all the saints. And that is bringing together some of what we have in our text. The object of faith in Christ and the fruit of faith, which is love to all the saints. Marking out what true faith is. A saving faith, an effectual faith, a faith that avails. So we have in chapter 2 of Colossians, verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And again, he's bringing together these two parts in our text, a faith which worketh which worketh by love. It is a faith then that is in Christ, that Christ will do all that is necessary for our soul's salvation. We mentioned before, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Now faith in Christ believes that and it trusts that. The Lord has begun and he will continue on that work. He has loved with an everlasting love and because of that he went to Calvary. He suffered, bled and died there. And our hope is in what the Lord has done there. Wherever the Holy Spirit is put forth and he is the author of the new birth, born of the Spirit and of the water, Uh, the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God and it is he that takes of the things of Jesus and reveals them unto us. The finished work of redemption in the empty tomb it proves that that is finished. The debt is paid. God has been reconciled by the death of his Son, the people of God are reconciled unto him. It is a wrath-appeasing sacrifice. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, that sitteth on the right hand of God, appearing in the presence of God 
for us, our advocate with the Father. In the book of Ruth, in the first three chapters, we read about Ruth, we read about Naomi. In chapter 3, we read about how Naomi is directing Ruth to make her petition to Boaz to spread his skirt upon her, to act the part of a uh, near kinsman, to marry her. And in chapter 4, we do not read of Ruth, except, of course, at the very end. But all is left with Boaz. She presents her petition to him, and Naomi says, Sit still, my daughter. The man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. And Ruth was to have faith in Boaz, trust in him, leave it with him. He will manage it. He will do it. He will perform it. And that is vital in the way of salvation. It is a not resting on our works or efforts but resting solely upon Christ. From what he has done in eternity, his choice of us, and what he has done at Calvary, what he has done in bringing us into the world, what he has done in bringing us to have a hearing ear and to have spiritual life. I give unto them eternal life. That life has a beginning and faith is what is given at the beginning. And it's evidence as well with a hearing ear. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And as faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, all these things are all intermeshed and they're joined together. You know, we think of a baby that is being formed in the womb and the first implanted seed and then all parts of that baby all come together. They all work together and you can't take away any aspect and, and then it be a whole baby. So when the Lord begins with his people, all that they need is being wrought and done in them. Hearing ear and faith and teachableness, knowledge of their sin and knowledge of their need of a saviour. A faith given by Christ and faith in Christ. Looking to the Lord to perform for them. So our second point then is faith in Christ is that faith which avails. The last point I bring before you is the main point of the text which is faith which worketh by love. That is, its fruit, faith's fruit. What kind of faith is it that brings forth fruit to the honour and glory of God? Well, James would say it is a working faith, that it works out what God has worked in. John would say the same as he writes in his epistles, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We love him because he first loved us. 
the love of God. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous to us. And that faith of God, then it works out in a way consistent with love to the Lord Jesus Christ. That faith perceives and knows that it was of nothing in us that brought the Lord to suffer, bleed and die. It perceives the love. Hereby perceive we the love of God to us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And when we realise that and feel the love of God bestowed upon us, then it begets also a love to those that are bound up in that same secret. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And a love to the Lord that so gave them faith and so suffered for them and blessed them. And so that love is a constraining love. The love of Christ constraineth us. And so we have here the faith that does avail, that does count for something, is a faith that worketh by love. It is a fruitful faith. Now, you might say in the passage we read in James, well, we live in a day when it seems that many, they have a faith of charity. Anyone who listened to the sermon of the Archbishop at the coronation of our King, and he virtually patted everyone there on the back, how good they were, a lot of the representatives from charities, what good deeds that they were doing. As if it was God looking upon all of their good works. And you say, well, how is it different then? Here with, with James pointing to, to works. You know, those that are, it may be two people, they're doing exactly the same thing. Maybe they're both helping their neighbour or helping those that are, have no clothes or no food. They're both doing it, same thing, exactly the same thing. One is doing it with the thought, I'm doing this, I'm doing my part, God has got to do his. He's going to reward me for what I'm doing, and because I'm doing this, he must take me to heaven. And he must give me hell, heaven in payment for this. That is salvation by works, is looking to earn our way to heaven. The other one says no. My faith has been given me by the Lord and I trust solely in Christ alone. I am doing this because of what my Lord has done for me. I'm not doing it with any... There's sin mixed with all. There's pride with it with me what I'm doing. And sometimes I'm rather begrudging to it. Rather do something else if I'm honest. And they know and feel the sin mixed with it. Doing exactly the same thing, but with completely different feelings, completely different motive. One is a work to obtain salvation, the other is a work because salvation has been obtained and that constraining love 
is that there's a desire that as the God that has saved them is good to all, his tender mercies are over all his works, that we are to do good to all men, especially them that believe. Because the Lord is the saviour of all men, especially of them that believe. The household of faith, he maketh his son to shine on the just and unjust, him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. The Lord is good to all, tender mercies over all his works. And so the Lord directs us to walk in that same way. And James points this out as being a faith that is a working faith. Yea, a man may say, he says in verse 18 of chapter 2, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Faith affecting what we do, how we act, how we act toward others. Having received mercy, we give mercy. Having received blessings from the Lord, we bless others with what the Lord has given us. This is the kind of faith that must link all of these parts together. Those that just do the charity part, you ask them where their faith is for eternity. You ask them who gave them their faith. You ask them even whether what they're doing is an act of faith at all. And you'll find it is not. Just because some will abuse or some do something from a wrong motive doesn't mean to say that then we turn away from it from doing it in a right motive, a good way. Now the word of God, it sets before us exhortations and you might say, if, if faith is real, if it is given by the Lord, why should we have to be exhorted in it? Especially regarding these fruits of love. But if we think it on that side, think of it what the word of God has to say concerning husbands and wives. In Colossians 3, we have husbands love your wives and be not bitter against them. Why on earth would you have to exhort anyone that loves their wife to love them? There is a place, there is a need for exhortation for warning, for encouragement, even in the fruits and effect of what true and saving faith is. We said that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it is that faith gives the hearing ear and it believes that word, trusts that word, obeys that word. Remember, Peter says as well that we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. How can God's people be kept through faith? Because the Lord opens their ear, 
brings the word, brings the preach word, through that word they are warned. You might be planning something in the week to do and you come into the Lord's house, the minister comes into the path and you go and you undo and you stop what you plan to do because you're warned from the word you're not to do that. It's a good thing when the word of God moves us. So we go from the Lord's house or from the word of God and do what we wouldn't do or stop doing what we shouldn't do. And it's by that way that we really are saying we're going to trust in the word of God. The Lord has given me faith to believe his instruction, his direction. My sheep, they hear my voice. What do they do? So that's a nice word. Doesn't apply to me in my life. No, they follow me. Obedient, they follow. Thou shalt hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand, when ye turn to the left. I'll instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I'll guide thee with mine eye. But what if a person doesn't have faith? And they say, Well, that word doesn't apply. It's, it's only Paul wrote that. That's, that's not the word of our Lord. Or, or that's Genesis. That's just myths. And you don't. Those even in the professed church that pull the word of God to pieces. How can they have faith that cometh by hearing if they don't even acknowledge that the word that they hear is the word of God? But when we have an open ear, then through that word, then we hear these exhortations. We hear what the word has to say. To the people of God. You think of in Jude, the exhortations there, the general epistle of Jude, and the warnings there of those that shall come in unawares. He exhorts them in verse 3 to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That is the way of salvation, the whole plan of salvation. Then you have at the end, in, in verse, 20, uh, uh, verse 20 and 21, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You might say, well, isn't it God that keeps us in his love? Isn't it God that does this? But you know we're not just mechanical typewriters that we're just forced to do everything. This people have I formed for myself, they shall show forth my praise. They do it because of love, the constraining love of God. And so they hear the exhortations, they hear what is needful. And the exhortations that are in the word that we truly be caused even to pray as the Thessalonians were, that the Lord direct our hearts into the love of Christ and the patient waiting for Christ, the love of God. And Peter again, he says, See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And we are to look to those fruits of love, not just saying, well, it will just happen. 
but paying heed to what we hear and seeking to walk in that path of love. A faith that worketh by love. A faith that is a practical faith. A faith that patterns itself off the word of God, directed how it is to walk according to the word of God. How vital it is that we have a true faith, a saving faith, a faith that gives honour and glory to the Lord, to the giver of it, a faith that is described here, faith which worketh by love. We think of Paul's epistle to the Corinthians and how he sets before them in that beautiful chapter in his first epistle to them in chapter 13. And he uses the example of charity, a practical love, a working love. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, Though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. And we can read through that chapter at your leisure. But what is set before us there is a practical working love, a faith that worketh by love. Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the chief greatest of these is charity. And of course, in this world here below, we need faith, but the Lord is the author and finisher of it. At death, faith is finished, is changed to sight. We no need to have faith in heaven. And hope, beyond the grave, we don't, here below, we are saved by hope, a good hope through grace. Beyond the grave we don't need hope. But here we have love. And beyond the grave we have perfect love. And it is that love that bridges over to, to both sides that only shall increase. And so what a mark, what a true mark of, of faith, of this saving faith, is that it is faith which worketh by love. The Lord give us that which does avail, will avail, which will land us safe in heaven above. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.